0: Welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Siss. And on this episode, we'll hear from Rob Vandenabeel and Bob Kelly, a pair of beer lovers who update their readers with aggressively comprehensive content on their blog, MassBrewBros.com. We'll talk about a recent post about how breweries in Massachusetts are dealing with COVID-19 restrictions. But first, let's start with beer in the news. There have been press accounts all week about the inevitability of what happens when you hold on to undrunk beer for too long. Yes, beer is being dumped out, along with other perishable foods and drink. Jamie Tenney of Coast Brewing Company in South Carolina told the Charleston Post and Courier, We're looking at a lot of kegs in my distributor's warehouse that are getting to the point where we have to look at options. And the top option is to dump it all. Among the choices for unsold beer, turn it into hand sanitizer. Now let's get to my guests, Bob and Rob of Mass Brew Bros. Just two nice guys that have been friends for decades and work hard to let the world know about what's going on in Massachusetts beer on their website. We talked about their recent blog post about the future of Massachusetts craft beer post-pandemic. Let's listen in. All right, so happy to have the guys from Mass Brew Bros on. Um, I'd like you guys to introduce yourselves. Uh, Give me your name and uh, tell me the brewery you wish you could be at right now. We'll start with you, Rob.
1: Hi, this is Rob from the Mass Brew Bros, one of the co-founders. And uh, that is always a really tricky question because there are just so many amazing breweries. Uh, I hate to play favorites. If I had to pick one, it would be one of my hometown breweries, which is a pretty amazing place called uh, Cambridge Brewing Company.
0: Fantastic, Bob. Could you weigh in? Introduce yourselves, and and uh, you know, it, it may not be your favorite brewery, but what's one you could really picture yourself at uh, this afternoon?
2: Uh, well, this is Bob. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, in terms of a brewery, I, again, it's a tough one. I just want to go to any brewery right now, to be honest with you, because that's really what I like to do. I've been to every single brewery in Massachusetts, so uh, not being able to go to the tap room and hang out is uh, really difficult right now. So uh, right now, just any one of them would be any, fine with me.
0: Any brewery <laughs> that will have you.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, yeah, I, I agree. I've been covering Connecticut beer for a while, and I, too, everything seems just off. You know, um, not. I didn't think that I was that much of a, you know, brewery uh, fly like you guys. Just you know, always there. But even just not going there once a week has uh, really thrown thrown me off. And as much as uh, delivery uh, and pickup is nice, it's certainly not the same. I'd like to talk a little bit about your recent blog post, and then we're going to get into a little bit of the history of mass brew bros and. We'll talk a little bit about uh, your work over the years, but um, you had a a very, you know, interesting piece that drew on a lot of feedback from breweries themselves, and um, you, it's called What is the Future of the Massachusetts Craft Beer Industry Post-Pandemic Local Brewers Way In? You got a chance to hear from contract brewers. We got a chance to hear from small brewers. Uh, can you tell me, Did once you started seeing these this feedback, and uh, we'll start with you, Rob, did you find any pattern that kind of came across, anything that held all of the breweries together?
1: If there, yeah, I guess if there was one common It was that they were all trying to hang in there and be as optimistic as they could. And it seemed like the real motivation for that was the employees that they have and wanting to help protect their jobs. And it was their patrons and customers as well who had supported them over the years and who are still trying to support them now during this difficulty by, you know, doing the curbside pickup and ordering delivery. And so that was really what struck me because the rest of it is very, very difficult. It's an interesting industry with a whole bunch of different potential business models. And so no two breweries are typically alike in that sense. But when you look at people behind the brewery and the people drinking the beer, um, that's where the common thread seemed to be for me at least.
0: Bob, did you notice anything as it relates to, say, location within Massachusetts? Did you notice that Boston-based breweries are handling this any differently? Breweries in the West, um, you know, did you find anything related to geography that might be impacting the breweries?
2: Um. I'm not sure about whether it's geography or not. I think you know each brewery has done a good job of you know cultivating a following wherever they are. It's Western Mass, you know, Cape Islands, Metro Boston, and so I think they've all they worked as best they can to try and you know keep tapping into their local community. Um, I mean, maybe you know in terms of certain geography again. If obviously, there's more people in Boston, maybe able to or close proximity to some of those Metro uh, Boston breweries you know, might be able to get uh, more hands-on beer. But I think everyone is just really reaching out to, you know, their local community. when we decided to do this blog, uh, you know, we really didn't know quite what to say ourselves. We decided, why don't we go to the brewers themselves and see what they're saying. And I agree with Rob that I feel like it was very optimistic because we we really weren't sure. Because, you know, we we know the breweries, but we really don't know what it's like behind the scenes and what this is really like for them.
0: Well, I, it, it certainly does seem that breweries that relied on their tap rooms and relied on restaurants are going to feel the, the brunt of this if they can't pivot in a new direction. And ironically, well, maybe not ironically, but, but, but I thought the contract brewer, um, White Lion Brewing, uh, you know, the fact that he was pretty optimistic that he'd be back on board in a few weeks, I thought that said a lot. You know, if, if, if you're not relying on, your, on a tap room... Uh, you know, how much of life is is really gonna change. It might really you might benefit from some some things, especially with, with package stores. Did you notice that uh, as well or am I uh or am I off on that?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a, a pretty good way of saying it that yeah, there are actually some breweries that do a really good job with distribution. They've been packaging and distributing beer for quite some time, and if they have lots of beer that's out there, especially in the liquor stores or bigger places like grocery stores, uh, they have been doing, I think, relatively well. Not perfect, but, um, and that is the situation for White Line and several other contract brands. Um, It it just gets really tricky after that though, because as you said, did you have a lot of beer that you were packaging in kegs? And that's been a challenge. There's lots of beer out there now. Some of it is probably gonna go to waste. Um, If you're relying on tap room, that's a really difficult time right now because you can only sell so much beer when people have to come to your place and do it curbside or you have to deliver. Um, But then again, some of these smaller places can also probably do things that the bigger ones can't.
0: What about uh, how the government uh, in um, in Massachusetts has reacted to this? Uh, have they been pretty uh, open in terms of trying to make things uh, helpful for breweries and, and keep the uh, economic stim- stimulus going uh, within that industry?
2: Well, as far as the economic stimulus, that's probably up in the air. I think it's helped some worries, Um and not. I mean, again, that's a very detailed package in terms of, you know, getting loans or grants and stuff like that. So I think some may have helped, but others maybe it's not been as easy to access that. Um, as far as other things, I think they have done well is obviously, you know, uh, allowing the, you know, the Expecting online ordering and beer delivery. Like right now, a lot of breweries are delivering beer, which just seems, you know, the history of Massachusetts and their, their blue laws, and, you know, a lot of very, the more puritanical views of alcohol, you know, so just, it's more surprising to see that that's been easier.
0: I mean, you guys have been covering beer for a while, and and you know what the scene was like. Can you imagine anything like this, say, like in, you know, 1995?
1: No. I'm. Mean, yeah. I mean, it was such a different ball game back then. There were no tap rooms, uh, that rule hadn't come in yet. There were, you know, maybe a quarter of the number of breweries that there are now. Yeah. It was a very, very different scene. Um, ironically though, I mean, it may not have affected them as much back then because it was mostly bigger breweries and they were, you know, distributing their beers. In package tours, supermarkets, and and wherever else they could. Um, so it, yeah, that is an interesting thought.
0: The uh, one of the uh, other breweries that you mentioned in or that gave feedback in the in the post was a Stellwagen beer uh, in Marshfield, talking about switching to canning more and and opening up their you know seeing a future in online business. So. For them, maybe just reading their their, their uh, response, I felt a little bit more positive about some of those. I don't know that brewery uh, at all. Um, is that a is that a, a really small one or is that mid sized?
2: Oh, it's on the small side. What's the barrelage, Rodney? Any idea?
1: I would assume that they are somewhere in the vicinity of two to maybe three thousand barrels. So that is, I guess, by today's standards that would put them in the, I guess, medium range. I mean, nowhere near a, a regional sized brewery like a, a Night Shift or a Jack Abbey or anything of that nature, but bigger than a lot of the other smaller breweries that rely strictly on just taproom stuff and
2: growlers and things, so. I was actually at that brewery yesterday, <laughs> speaking of, so uh, I went down to that. Uh, they are actually in Marshfield, Massachusetts, down on the South Shore. Uh, so I went over there and a few other breweries because they actually made a, uh, one of the beers to, to the All Together Project.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a great one. The other half is done.
2: That's right. So they kind of so similar to like Sierra Nevada doing things for you know the fires and uh, California fires. So this so this is our half that the charge on on this to raise money for the hospitality and other other relief. Um, and still I can do that. So I went down to pick that up. Yes, and I actually talked with Mike who made the quote in, in our blog. Um, he says, you know, things right now, they're doing okay. I mean, you know, how long this goes, you know, was obviously a huge factor, but they said the online has been fantastic. And I, and it was echoed by other breweries like Burke Saleworks and Hanover. They, they just said that, that, you know, this online thing, you know, seems to be really positive. It's just a simple thing. People order online, you know, they package it up. It's ready to go. And it's just a very simple thing. And it's, that's certainly a process. You know, unless some red tape gets up there, they certainly don't see why that can't be a feature going forward
0: i was looking back at the history of Maine beer bros i mean i'm sorry mass beer bros and uh i want to talk to you a little bit about what was your partnership like um, before you uh partnered up with massachusetts brewers guild and how has that changed things for you uh, uh rob if you want to start Sure. Um,
1: Yeah, we have a really interesting uh, relationship with the guild, and um, at this point, uh, a very good one, and that um, isn't a mistake. So when we initially started doing our Mass Brew Bros venture, there really wasn't much of a brewer's guild, so to speak. It was primarily a smaller group of breweries involved, some of the bigger breweries they were really trying to focus their efforts on legislation. Um, But that sort of opened the door for us when we started doing some social media and a website because we realized that there was this big community out there that was looking for central hub, so to speak, for information about the breweries. And because things were starting to pick up and grow, we were able to really fill that void for a while. Then when the Guild sort of started to get its act together on that front and they hired an executive director, we thought to ourselves at first, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to have some competition here now. And so we made the decision right away to say, let's do this together if they're willing to work with us. And thankfully they were. And so now we have a great relationship with each other, sort of working hand in hand to help each other just, you know, promote the, the craft beer scene. So,
0: When was that that you formed that partnership? Um, it's got to be our
1: third year now or so. I mean Right around the time we launched the website. Bob, is that maybe four years then?
2: Uh, yeah, our website, massboobros.com, just uh, passed like like two weeks ago, just turned four years old. So it uh, so was probably around that time when we were created that.
0: How is your approach to uh, letting people know about uh, Massachusetts beer evolved uh, since the, the very beginning up until uh, recently. In other words, did it all, has it always been a similar uh, approach and have you always had a similar goal for what you're doing or has it changed along the way? I think when we first posted something on, on,
2: on Twitter, it was our first kind of about six years ago, we were stunned that anyone was paying attention at all, to be honest with you. Right. Um yeah, I mean, because originally, again, Rob and I were just two guys who really liked beer, and when they changed laws in Massachusetts, allowed us to go to breweries, we just started to go, and then we posted some things that people seemed to be interested in it, and I think one of the particular things we hit on was really getting information out about new breweries, because we were able to dig a lot of information. Rob's worked very hard trying to find a lot of you know, uh, new breweries that are out there.
0: Nice. I I think that there there's a hunger for things that are new, and then... You know, once once someone kind of grabs uh, a hold of their favorites, or you know the ones that they go to on a regular basis, um, you know they want to dig a little bit deeper. But sometimes, at first, at least when, when people are just getting into the scene, it's about absorbing and being as broad as possible. And that's what you guys have done. How do you guys um, break up the 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 work? Uh, you would uh, I think Bob, you had mentioned. Uh, you've been personally to every single brewery. Is that still the case? Or do you say do you divide it up and say, hey, you take those and I'll take this one?
2: Well, honestly, I mean, when we first thought it was very much a, a team effort and Rob and I would definitely go to breweries together, you know, but then life transpires and, you know, Rob's been busy uh, with family life and career and things, so he's had a little less time to be on the road. So i more or less do that now.
0: When you go to a new brewery, let's let's say things clear out in uh, a few months, and you know it's time to to go out to a new brewery. What are what uh, for you are the hallmarks of a welcoming brewery?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. And again, honestly, I think it can really vary a bit from from one region or from one town to another. There's just so many different ways to be successful in this business now. I think you have to be genuine and authentic. I would say that that is the first thing. You shouldn't have a cookie cutter tap room, or you shouldn't be doing things just because the three other tap rooms that you like are doing them that way. You really have to sort of put your own personality into it. And people really, appreciate and in, and enjoy that I mean you also I think want to have a comfortable place a welcoming place you want it to be inviting so that people will say yeah let's go there this afternoon it's not just let's swing by and grab a quick drink or get some beer to go you want them to come and and to spend time there and again it can it can vary from anything like do you want to have food or not? Do you want to have dog friendly tap room or not? Do you want it to be kid friendly or not? Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, and I think it really just depends on the, the brewery owner being authentic and genuine and figuring out what works best for them and trying to have a welcoming place.
0: Let's get into your, uh, likes and dislikes. Uh, we'll start with you, Bob. Um, if someone were to create a Massachusetts Brewery that you know was kind of tailored to you. What would you want in your specs that go along with your preferences?
2: Uh, well, definitely, like I said, I definitely enjoy outside spaces. Uh, you know, nice deck, a nice place to sit out uh like that um also i actually one of the things i've been posting and i've seen breweries lately is if there's a nice comfy couch
0: kind <laughs> of nice oh yeah.
2: Uh, so, yeah honestly you know i go oh there's a nice couch right there because you know honestly after being to so many breweries i've been to sitting on a you know a high bar stool again <laughs> is not my idea of a lot of fun um that's yeah i kind of look at that how, um how about beer yeah, wise
0: yeah,
2: beer-wise, uh it's still that's kind of hard again i know well, Rob still agrees, but we're both very much malty beer guys. So if we find a brewery that's got some malty options and you know, stout's porters and you know, good October fast and stuff like that. Sure.
1: Yeah, I'd love to chime in on that too. So if I were gonna open my own brewery, let's say, um, I would definitely have food. I think food's really important to keep people safe and to keep them, you know, hanging out a little bit longer. I personally would like it to be dog friendly, at least in its outdoor space, possibly inside, depending on how much room or space there was with the with the tap room. Um, I would love to have a variety of beers and not all IPAs. I'm just not really a hop head. I think IPAs are great, but I want to drink all sorts of interesting and different beers and learn and discover the styles and uh last but not least um i'm a pretty environmentally driven person so i would definitely want growler fills to be available so that my to-go option isn't only to to do cans or bottles
0: nice uh, what about uh pet peeves i know that i try and look for the positive i'm an advocate i'm not one to write negative uh things about breweries if i don't like something i just won't write about it But over that time, I certainly have – there are certain things that that kind of tick me off about certain breweries. Are there certain things that you wish breweries would do less of that uh, that would make your drinking experience better?
1: Yeah, real quick for me, um, I'm not a fan of loud spaces and or loud music. I like to relax, enjoy some conversations. So – paying attention to the acoustics of your tap room. And I think just not really having TVs and other loud distracting things on, or even music. I mean, if I wanna go out dancing, I'll go to a dance club. If I'm going to a tap room, I wanna hang out, relax, have some conversation.
0: Sure. Uh, Knowing that that Massachusetts is a varied state, uh, how do you think that it is different than other states even in new england uh would you say the beer scene in massachusetts has its own vibe its own personality uh or or does it kind of um overlap boundaries and kind of share uh share qualities uh of, of its surrounding neighbors what makes a massachusetts brewery different i guess i'm saying than uh, than others
2: Well, Rob goes a lot of Rhode Island breweries, so maybe you can
1: speak on how the differences between those. Yeah, I've recently been spending some time down in Rhode Island, so I, I suppose I could compare and contrast, but I don't know, honestly, that I would, that I've picked up on anything in particular. I mean, I've been to a brewery in pretty much every state, and I don't know that there's anything that really makes one state stick out compared to
2: another if I'm, if I'm honest, I don't know. No, I think that yeah, makes I sense. Like, I, mean, I feel
0: yeah. I mean,
2: I, you know, I don't think. I mean, I think there's some things in terms of camaraderie between specific breweries in Massachusetts you can pick up on.
0: I'll um, I'll finish by talking a little bit about specific breweries that that you guys think once or you know even now, but but once especially once we get to go back to being in the breweries. Uh, that that need a little bit of highlighting, you know, that maybe are under their radar that you guys know about that a lot don't. Um, so I'll let you think about that. Uh, but the idea is that you know what's a brewery that someone who's traveling to the state, maybe they're going to be there for a few days, is one that you know. Here's a brewery that you might not have heard of, but we we kind of know our stuff because this is our backyard. That you'd recommend, uh, Bob. We'll start with you. What's a brewery you think? Doesn't get a lot of attention, but 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 should. Um.
2: Well, again, if uh, again, if you're going back to classic styles and, and just a really great, great um, kind of mission and vibe, I really enjoy Mayflower down in Plymouth. Mayflower.
0: Uh, Mayflower. Okay.
2: Yeah, they've been around you know over ten years now, and they you know I, I think people are aware of them, but I don't think they kind of get pushed up maybe. Into you know to the other breweries that are really well known in the states.
0: What do you think, Bob? What, what I mean, Rob? What do you what what deserves a a mention?
1: Yeah, again, that is just really, really difficult to say. Aside from like I had mentioned before, Cambridge Brewing Company in in my neck of the woods in the Metro Boston area, which some people might know them because they've been around for a long time and have a good reputation, but they're on the smaller side and they don't necessarily get some of the recognition of the sort of bigger name, um, hyped up breweries these days. I guess what I would just say is this, if you're coming to Massachusetts, there is more than Treehouse and Trillium, as great as they are. I think you would be really surprised if you just looked around to different regions and tried different breweries, you might really be surprised at how great a lot of them really are if you if you give them a fair shake and don't worry about the the hype of beer Twitter or untapped ratings or whatever
0: but but I I want to go to a brewery so that I can take a picture of myself waiting online and then carrying a giant case of beer out and then take a picture of myself <laughs> let everybody know you mean you mean there's We've more all than done that? that
2: and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with doing that obviously <laughs> I just posted like guess because I I've been posting pictures of us at breweries in the past because, you know, kind of reminiscing because we can't go to taprooms as much anymore, and I did. I posted one about Treehouse saying it's like a rite of passage. You go there, you stand in line, you for your beer. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, Treehouse is a great brewery. They make great beer.
0: My thanks to Bob and Rob. Check out their work at massbrewbros.com. Check out mine at Beersnobrights.com. Leave a Venmo tip if you'd like at William Hyphen Sis. Thank you for listening. Until next time, sip well. <laughs>